Spirit team. That set me up perfectly. You guys are awesome. Welcome to, for, for those of you who are here at Plantation, so glad you guys are here for our Gateway Campus. What's up? Love you guys at our Gateway Campus. So glad you're joining us if you're online. Thank you for being here as we kick off this series, Best Question Ever. I'm so excited to share with you. My name is Sarah Keller, and yes, I am married to our lead pastor, Matt Keller, and I'm on staff full-time here at the church, and I've been a part of the team ever since we started this thing 12 years ago, and so they call me the Chief of Enhancement, which really is a made-up name, but it means that I serve on our senior leadership team, and I lead beside my husband, just kind of like in high-level projects and enhancement things around the church, and I just love what I do. I love that I get to serve this church because I love the local church. A little bit about me. I love the local church. I'm kind of like local church junkie. I was raised as a pastor's kid, and so I've kind of always been in church and been a part of a church, and I love the church. It was 23 years ago. I was only 13 years old, and I was at a youth camp. So picture this, right? 13-year-old girl. I'm sitting in this, these hard metal chairs, and, and all of a sudden, the pastor starts talking about giving yourself to ministry full-time, using your life for ministry. And I was like, yeah, huh, I wonder who's going to get called tonight. Like, you know, I'm a pastor's kid. I, I see how people do this. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me, Sarah, it's you. It's you. I'm calling you to full-time ministry. And, and, and I was like, what? And, and just imagine, okay, like barely through puberty, right? And all of a sudden, the Lord speaks to me, and one day you're going to marry a pastor. I mean, can you imagine 13 years old? Well, little did I know that in that exact same service, my friend, Matt Keller, had the exact same thing happen to him. And the Lord spoke to him that he was going to be a pastor. And we didn't even talk about this. We didn't even know that at the exact same time, God was calling both of us to ministry. Well, we were friends, and a couple months later, it was my 14th birthday, and I was so excited because Matt could come to my party. And so I'm, <laughs> I, I picture me, you know, like 14 years old, and the doorbell rings, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think it's Matt. I think it's him. And like, I get butterflies in my stomach, and I walk up to the door, and I open it up, and sure enough, there he is on the other side of the door with six roses. And my friend Matt says to me, hey, let's make this thing official. <laughs> and he had me. I mean, because he was 16 and he could drive. So I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> we have been together ever since. As they say, the rest is history. And so for Matt and I, we just kind of grew up together. I mean, I was 14, he was 16, both of us felt called to ministry, and we've just kind of always been a team. He and I together just kind of done this thing together. And so when we moved here, of course we're going to do this thing together. Like, this is just who we are. But we learned very quickly that we are two totally different people. So those of you who know my husband know he is a dreamer. I mean, he loves to dream. And I love 
to be a strategist. So he dreams and I'm strategist. He's full of ideation and ideas and I love to problem solve. And then, and then Matt loves the big picture and I can't wait to figure out every last detail. <laughs> and so we are two totally different people and as you can imagine in marriage, it can be a little stressful sometimes trying to figure out how to work together, but we have totally worked through it, worked through our strengths and weaknesses and it is so fun. I am so blessed to have a husband who not only supports me and my calling, but let me just tell you, he is a great dad. He is an amazing husband. He loves you. He loves this church. And you guys just need to know he is the real deal. Like he is the real deal. What you see up here, what you see up here on the weekend, that is exactly who he is. And we are just so blessed to have him as a pastor. Honey, thank you so much for allowing me to speak this weekend. Well, you know, for, for Matt and I, we were teenagers, right? And we started kind of doing this ministry thing and trying to figure it out. And we've always felt like God, like God put opportunities in front of us that were well before we probably should have had them put in front of us when it came to our age. I mean, by the time Matt was 20, he was a youth pastor and, and you know, we're making these, you know, huge decisions and leading this youth ministry. And then, and, and then fast forward and a few years later, all of a sudden he's the national youth director and we're traveling in and out of churches and I'm helping him run this campground. We've got hundreds of teenagers and youth that would come and stay for a week. We had a staff of 50 and again, 23 years old. I mean, what were we doing? We always had these opportunities in front of us that just seemed a little bit ahead of our time. And then God calls us to move from Indiana to Fort Myers, Florida, Florida, when we were a whopping 24 and 26 years old. Like, go fulfill your life calling. 24 and 26. We just seemed clueless. I mean, we, we, it wasn't always this way, you know? Like, there were a lot of decisions. There were a lot of things that had to be decided on and tried to figure out along the way. And, and that was hard for us because we didn't feel like we really knew what we were doing. I mean, we felt a little clueless. And, and yet God would say, no, go, go in boldness. You got this. And so we would go, oh, okay. I mean, think about it. Like, where are we going to have church for the first time? That's kind of a big deal. And we're making this decision and we don't know. It could be here. It could be there. Like, what do we do? I mean, every time we turned, we felt like we were making these decisions that if we made one the wrong way, it might wreck the ship and ruin the whole thing. And here we are like starting this church. This is what we're doing. And so many times people look on and go, how did you guys do it? You were 24 and 26, and you didn't really have mentors around you. Like, how did you do it? And I've asked myself that question. I've said, like, how did we not screw this thing up? How did we do this? Well, when I look back at our life, I believe that there was one secret weapon that we had. This one thing, this one prayer that over and over again from the very beginning, Matt and I just kept praying and the prayer was this, God, make us wise beyond our years. God, when you ask us to do something and, and we have no idea what we're supposed to do, God, make us wise 
beyond our years. God, when there, there are two decisions that are in front of us and they both look right, but, but we know that one of them has got to be you. God, make us wise. God, we need your wisdom. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a place where the decision you had to make didn't seem so cut and dry? Like, it wasn't really about what was right or what was wrong. It wasn't about what was legal or illegal. And sometimes both decisions look okay. It's, it's a little gray. Well, that is where wisdom comes in. That's where wisdom comes in. And that's what we're going to be talking about for the remainder of our time together. We're going to be talking about this idea of how we get wisdom. The book of Proverbs is chocked full of wisdom throughout the entire book. And Solomon just talks over and over and over about getting wisdom. And if you've been following along with us in our reading guide, you know that uh, we soap together. That's our reading guide. And, and so if you've never done this before, I encourage you to do it right now because we are focusing on this idea of wisdom right now. And so if you've never read the Bible, this is a great time to jump in because you can start learning about this idea of getting wisdom from Solomon. So if you've got your Bible or your Bible app, go ahead and open up your Bible or uh, turn on your smartphone and look at version, and you can kind of follow along with me here because we're going to look at Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, verses 5 through 7. Here's what Solomon says about wisdom. He says, get wisdom. <laughs> get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, <laughs> right? The beginning, he's like, the beginning of how we get wisdom is people, just get it. <laughs> get understanding. God, get wisdom. And then he says, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. When it costs you everything, no matter what it costs, get wisdom. Solomon says, Hey, 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 in your everyday life, do you want protected? Do you want something to watch over you where, where when you're not sure what decision to make, that it will be the thing that protects you? Well, if that's true, then this is what you need. You need wisdom. We need to get wisdom. Now, wisdom can come in many shapes and forms, can it? I mean, it is awesome when you have a friend who can help you through something or maybe you have a, a parent or, or you've been through a life experience and you're like, yes, I know what to do. But oftentimes wisdom comes when we make really dumb mistakes <laughs> and then we go, yeah, that probably wasn't wise, <laughs> right? I mean, for me, that happened to us on our honeymoon. 
And uh, it was one of those moments where you're like, okay, yeah, never do that again. Have you ever had one of those moments? Well, for, for us on our honeymoon, this was 17 years ago, and uh, Matt's parents had sent us on a cruise, okay, seven-day cruise. This is amazing. And if you've ever been on a cruise, you know that they sit you with a bunch of people, and they're the same every night. So we'd kind of gotten to know these people, but the fact of the matter that we were like a pastor hadn't really come up, which was okay with us, because to be honest, sometimes when people find out you're a pastor, then they kind of get all like Christianese on you, and they're like, and they're like, oh, yes, uh, uh, the one time I went to church, it was, you know, and they just, like, they feel like they have to tell you their one story, and it's just awkward for both of us. So we kind of, you know, we kind of really didn't go there, which was great with us. Well, on day five, we ran into one of the couples from the table at the beach. So we'd kind of gotten to know them a little bit better and just kind of hung out all day and it was a great day and at some point or another it just came up and Matt told him yeah we're youth pastors and so you know it was fine everything was good so that night we get to dinner night five and the same couple always came to dinner with a bottle of wine and every night they would walk around and they would ask you know would you like any would you like any we never leave the bottle empty everybody use it and so every night we just said no thank you no thank you you know we don't drink no thank you well on this particular night I looked up and I said no thank you and then when it got to Matt he said yeah I'll take some and I was like what so I leaned over after they filled up the glass and I was like what are you doing and he was like I didn't want them to think we were judging them (laughs) and I was like okay. (laughs) So a few minutes later, I watch my husband lift up this glass of wine, and this is exactly what he does. He puts it to his mouth, and before it ever even gets in his mouth, he goes. (laughs) He sets the glass down, and he looks at me, and he goes, you drink it. (laughs) And I'm like, you drink it. And he, he pushes it over in front of me, he goes, drink it. And I'm like, of course, the whole time, it's like formal night. And I'm like, <laughs> you know. And so I was like, I'm like, okay. So I think, all right, what is the, what's the good wife thing to do? Just like take one for the team. Okay, I'll drink it. Now, mind you, appetizers hadn't even come. So I hadn't eaten for hours. And this is a warm red glass of wine. And all I can think to myself is it's like cough syrup. Just drink it as fast as you can. So I take this uh, glass of wine, and within about a minute, I drink the whole thing. And I set it down, and I'm, like, so proud. Like, babe, you owe me one. Like, we did this. Okay, we're, we're, through the, we're through it. All right, so 15 minutes later, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'm like, man, is it hot in here? Like, is anyone else hot? And uh, I look around the table, and they're all like, no. And I'm like, man, that's so hot. And, you know, about half hour later or so, you know, we're finishing our meal. And I'm like, I'm, I'm looking up and the windows that are like far off in the distance in the dining room were like moving, like up and down and up and down. And I was like, wow. And I say to the whole table, the ship is really moving tonight. I mean, wow. And they all kind of looked at me like, no, not really. 
so I was like, okay, I, I think I'm okay. I, I'm not, you know, again, I, I didn't know what was going on. So I think I'm okay. I'm in my cocktail dress and my heels. I stand up to leave the dining room after dessert was done. Now, there's one of those like little half steps down. And apparently I missed it because as I was walking, next thing you know, my face is on the floor and I am face down and all, all I can hear is the mater D going, ma'am, ma'am, and my husband going, honey, honey. And as my face is in the floor, I just think, run. Like, <laughs> just get up and run, which is exactly what I did. So I jump up, I run out of that dining room, just, you know, just fast enough to grab the side of the wall. And Matt's running after me going, honey, honey, are you okay? Are you okay? And I just turned around and I said, you did this to me. This is all your fault. Wisdom. Right? Wisdom. But what if you don't want to have to learn wisdom by falling flat on your face in front of everybody? Well, the great news is that we can learn wisdom on the front end. It's always, it's always better to learn on the front end because we don't always have to learn the hard Way. We came across this question about 10 years ago from Pastor Andy Stanley, Andy Stanley of North Point Community Church. And this question is a question that has just shaped us. It's molded us. It has just been a filter for us for the last 10 years for our family and for this church. And this question is amazing. And we're going to get to it in just a minute. But before we do, we're going to take a look at what Apostle Paul has to say in Ephesians about wisdom. Because again, there is so much in the Word of God that tells us about wisdom. In Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, the Apostle Paul says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So what's the Apostle Paul saying here? Well, he's saying, be careful how you live. Be careful, not as unwise, but as wise. In other words, be, be wise, be careful. Don't be unwise, don't be careless. Hold your life with care. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We've got to make good use of our time. As Christians, this is so important because we don't live in a spiritually neutral world. This world is sinful. This world is malicious. And for us as Christ followers, if we just allow our feet to be picked up and just taken with the culture wherever it goes, then we will not end up where we want to be. So Paul says, make the most of your time because these days are evil. And then he finishes by saying, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I mean, isn't that what we all want? Don't we want to know what the will of the Lord is for our life? He says, well, then 
don't be foolish. Instead, get wisdom. In other words, he's saying, hey, don't be a fool. Stop acting like you don't know because you can know. You can know. Stop looking for a loophole. Stop walking around going, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. No, stop it. We can know. And as Christ followers, this should be really good news. We can know what the will of the Lord is for our life. I mean, don't miss that. Isn't that what we all want? But we have to do it by getting wisdom. You see, the question that we should not be asking is, what can I get away with? Well, or what's, what's right or what's wrong? No, the best question ever is, what is the wise thing to do? Not what is fun or, or, or what, what is the world saying I should do or, or what is my heart telling me? which is what the bachelorette always says. I just followed my heart, right? That's not the best question. The best question ever is, what is the wise thing to do? And so for the remainder of our time this weekend, we're going to talk about this idea of getting wisdom through this question. And we're going to look at it in three different angles, three different angles, three different filters for wisdom through this question. The first one is this, my past experiences. In light of my past experiences, what is the wise thing to do? What does my past tell me when it comes to needing wisdom? For me, I love food. True confession. (laughs) I love food as much as Matt loves shirts. And... (laughs) (laughs) And that love for food has actually caused me to be quite a bit overweight before. And so I've had to learn how to eat right and to exercise, and I've had to lose weight. And, And because this is in my past, my body just has this natural way of always wanting to gain the weight back. And, and so I always have to be diligent with my time. I have to be diligent with what I eat because my past tells me that I can't just eat whatever I want to eat and stay the same weight. And I hate this. I hate this about my past. I, I wish I could do it over again. I wish I had never gained the weight. And, you know, and, I, and I look at my friends who can like eat anything they want and never gain a pound. And I'm like, that is not fair. Or they have these like awesome arms. And I'm like, wow, what do you do in the gym? They're like, yeah, I've never really gone to the gym. And I'm like, awesome. Um, <laughs> So, you know, for me, sometimes I'm laying in bed and the the alarm clock goes off and I so want to snooze. And instead, I'll lay there and I'll say, Sarah, what's the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing to do? You see, that's my past. But my past is not your past. You see, we all have a different past. And that's what my past tells me. But what does your past tell you? I mean, think about it. You get an invitation to go to that place, and every time you go there, that happens. In light of your past experiences, what's the wise thing to do? 
every single time you go to swipe that card because you feel like it, you always have regret afterward. Okay, I'm getting ready to swipe it. What's the wise thing to do? Ladies, you get to the end of the date and he asks you to come in and every time you do, that always happens. In light of your past experiences, what is the wise thing to do? You see, my past is my past, and your past is yours, and we all have a different past. And if we take this as a filter for wisdom, it will take us so far in understanding what the Lord's will is for our life. So what does our past tell us? What does it say to us? I mean, some of us may be wondering why history keeps repeating itself over and over again. And you look on and you say, I think I've been been dealt a bad hand. I just keep getting the same results over and over again. Could it be that you're not asking this question? Because when you do, you know it's a bad idea. You know what's going to happen. You know how you're going to feel. So what does your past tell you? If you want history to stop repeating itself, then start asking this question. In light of my past experiences, what is the wise thing to do? The second filter is this, my present circumstances. In other words, what's going on in my life right now? My present circumstances. In light of my present circumstances, What is the wise thing to do? Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. You've had a really long day. You are exhausted. You've both worked. Something happened, and the kids didn't get to bed till really late, and then they kept getting out of bed, and you were so irritated, and you were so tired, and you round the corner, and your husband says something that usually wouldn't bother you, but in light of your present circumstances, you are about to blow up, right? what's the wise thing to do? In light of our present circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? Maybe you just got married and you used to always go out with the guys after work, but in light of your present circumstances, what's the wise thing to do? You just, you just got divorced and you are so broken and vulnerable right now, and he calls you, and you are so tempted to pick up the phone and to go there and to do that, in light of your present circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? Maybe you just got a bunch of medical bills, and they came in the mail, and, and here it comes, and you know you've got so many months you know, to get those bills paid off. And, 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 and somebody says, hey, we're going away for the weekend. Hey, you should join us. And everything within you wants to join you, but you know that the bills have to be paid. What's the wise thing to do? Do you see how this question can help us in our everyday lives? Do you see how when we put this filter on, it can help us? Maybe you just moved or had a baby, and man, your emotions are all over the place, and you're tempted to make this drastic decision. In light of 
your present circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? Isn't it worth it for the people that we love that are around us that we actually take our emotions and our state of mind into account when making decisions? In light of your present circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? Do you see how this question can just give us wisdom? Now, the cool news is that this usually isn't a matter of right or wrong. A lot of times, it, it doesn't even have to do with right or, right or wrong or legal or illegal. And, and what you may answer today may even be different than a year from now because our circumstances change. So in light of our present circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? This isn't what everybody else is doing. It brings clarity to our personal lives. So if we want wisdom, we can start using this filter of our present circumstances to get that wisdom. Now, the third filter is this. The third filter is this, and it's my future hopes and dreams. My future hopes and dreams. This one inspires us to live way beyond our day-to-day lives. This inspires us that we can have a future and a hope that goes way beyond what we see today. So in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? For Matt and I, we have a dream for our marriage. A dream for our marriage is that we would be more in love with each other when our kids leave the house than we ever were before we even had them. That is a dream of ours. Well, in light of that, how do we need to align our lives today to help make that dream come true? So for us, we just decided a long time ago that we would figure out how to have date nights on a consistent basis. And, and then we decided, man, we need to have a vacation away from our kids every year. That really helps us because so many couples we would watch would get, get, get done with raising their kids and then get divorced because they didn't even know each other anymore. And so we looked on and went, man, we have, we have a future hope and dream that our marriage would be so strong. So in light of that, what is the wise thing to do. Now, this one causes us to live our lives differently than other people, doesn't it? Because they don't share our hopes and dreams. And not everyone has a vision for their life. But for us as Christ followers, we can. We can have a preferred future for our lives. And so we can't look on and go, well, nobody else does that. Or, or man, they, they think I'm weird for doing that. No. This isn't about them because they don't share your hopes and dreams. Don't let someone who doesn't have a vision for their life rob you of having a vision for yours. They don't share your preferred future. Do you see how this question can inspire us to live beyond today? You see, personal vision is often the catalyst for a wise decision. We can have a personal vision for our life. So what does wisdom say that we need to stop doing or start doing? We can actually take action steps to get us there. 
Now, this one works with our kids. Let me just tell you, I've been raising our boys, obviously, for 13 and 11 years, because that's how old they are. And when we came across this question, this has just become a great filter for us as parents. And so we've been trying to teach our kids, this isn't about right or wrong, this is about what's wise. So when they want to stay up late at night and they have tests the next day, I'll look at them and go, well, what's wise? And they're like, I know, (laughs) we should go to bed, right? That's what wisdom tells them. Or when they say, oh, I want to buy this and I want to, you know, I want a new iPad. And I'll say, nope, we're not, we're not going to get that right now, not because we can't afford it, but because we're saving for our summer vacation. And in light of our future hopes and dreams, the wise thing to do is to not buy this right now. Do you see how this can really help us with our kids? Because for me as a mom, man, I need my kids not to just know right from wrong. You see, our kids can know right from wrong, and, and that will be a filter as long as we're standing there saying, nope. That's not right. Don't do that. That's wrong. But for me as a mom, I need my kids to have wisdom. When I'm not there, when they go to their friend's house for the first time, and I'm not there to say, don't do that, I need them to have wisdom. When they go off to college and they're not in my house anymore, I need them to have wisdom. You see how wisdom is such a better filter for our lives. So when we take these three things and we put them all together, this is what we get. In light of my past experiences, my present circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? I mean, don't you wish you'd been asking this question your whole life? I mean, when you think about it, don't you wish you knew this 15 years ago? I mean, when you stop and start asking yourself this question, I mean, can't you imagine how much better your life would have been today if you had asked this? Well, then we can start asking this question now. We can start asking this question. Don't just think about what's going on in the moment. Start thinking about our future because anyone can have momentary pleasure, but only the wise can live a true life of fulfillment. We can get wisdom. It's always a bad idea to trade in our future hopes and dreams for something that we just really want today. We can have wisdom. You know, none of us plan wreck or screw up our lives, do we? We don't plan it. But when it happens, we realize, man, I should have planned not to. I should have planned not to have this happen. We need wisdom. So here's what we want you to do this week. Just start asking the question. Just start asking yourself, what's the wise thing to do? And I believe that God will start showing us where those pockets of wisdom need to be. So teenagers, when you go to do that, ask the question, what's the wise thing to do? Singles, when you feel lonely and discouraged and you feel like it's never going to happen, ask yourself this. What's the wise thing 
to do. Dads, you have a you have a preferred future and a vision for your family, and you're going to make that decision. What's the wise thing to do? We can start asking this question and gain wisdom in our lives. So I want to pray for us. I want to pray that God will give each and every one of us what only he can give to us, which is wisdom. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes and both of our campuses, I want to pray for us. God, I just thank you so much for who you are, God. Thank you for your word. God, thank you for your word that is full of wisdom for our lives, God. May we start to apply it. God, I pray for people who have hopes and dreams in this room. And God, I pray that you would just help them to make wise choices so that those dreams could be realized. God, I pray for for those who, who need to take this filter of their past and their present. And God, I pray that you would make it so real to them in the moment, God, that they would so clearly know what your will is and walk in it. God, we thank you so much for who you are in our lives. And God, I just pray a special blessing of wisdom upon 